MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head on over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app to your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 157. Uh, this one's going to go out to my lovely and long-suffering wife, because when this is hitting your ear, polls on um, Wednesday, June 22nd, it's our 20th anniversary, so go figure. So this goes out to Mrs. Fox, so we better make this a fantastic episode. Um who am I? I'm Mr. Fox, um, a.k.a. Jeff, the old gray bush fox, uh, one of the hosts of this here podcast. Thank you for coming to the show. I have been told by one of my nemesi. I, is nemesi plural of nemesis? Well, I'm going to go with that. One of my nemesi from the Hockey Gambling Podcast, Baby Draft, says that my intros are far too long. So either I should lean, I'm thinking I should lean into it and go even longer, or I should just bring in my co-host. I think I'm going to bring in my co-host because I'm, uh, I'm dragging today and he always brings the energy. So let's bring him in now. Um, sometimes he's known as Gumby God. Sometimes he's known as Gumby. Sometimes he's known as Danny. It would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. If he, if he hates your intros now, do you remember yeah, when you used no. to, in, do you remember when you used to introduce me for like 30 minutes nonstop yeah. and then we'd have like 20 minutes at the end to talk fights? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we've actually come yes, a long way at, at, at nipping it up. <laughs> Very true. Um, a video of Vanessa Demopoulos just played. Did you hear that? Did it come through or not? I accidentally uh, it, played a video, so it, hopefully it, it didn't did, come It did not. I didn't hear it. Was she she doing something wild? Probably. I, I turned it off as soon as I heard there was, there was, uh, there was noise. There was volume to it so well, we will be discussing her very very soon monster demo or demo because she is fighting once more this year weekend uh, i think first we should go in on pfl dan for messing everything up on us <laughs> we, we draw, last, last episode was our pfl monday episodes um and we broke down we gave you picks for every fight that was on the announced card that's going to happen in a couple of days we we uh dropped it on monday the card's happening on friday it's actually like set up regular season like with set fighters and stuff so you know fight cards should be pretty consistent right because it's like not just like a random fight card this is actual like part of uh, an actual season so um so yeah we we uh, we broke down what about four of the fights uh we gave you picks for all of them and then we find out today that like the whole fight card's been changed yeah the the craziest thing about it for me too is that like if you look on like any of the places that like list multiple different outlets odds like fight io or or best fight odds which are you know ones you use to like look at multiple sports books at once like all of them still have the fights we broke down pfl's site yeah. up until just very recently has all of those fights tapology has all those sites and one of the people on our Slack, I'm, I'm forgetting who it was exactly. Sorry, I'm I'm forgetting. And I tagged him like three times too, and I'm gonna forget. Um, 
he mentioned like, hey, the card says something different on ESPN. And it was a whole bunch of names I knew of and knew they hadn't been associated with PFL before, like Maurice Green, the crochet boss, and and Juan Adams, the chosen Juan. Uh, both guys coming from the UFC were mentioned on the card. And I was like, man, I would have known if they were in a PFL season. So they have to be the replacements, not the other way around, right? So uh, yeah, so did a little digging and then sure enough, uh, posted on a, a couple of different sites, including our, our favorite sure dog was the announcement that the fight card had changed. Uh, so huge bummer that they're changing it this late. Um, you know, some of the fights much, much worse. Some of the fights a little bit better. I actually really love Juan Adams. So I'm cool that he's in there. Um, but Bubba Jenkins also got a replacement fight. Some of the other heavyweight fights ravaged, but the good news in all of this, the four fights we gave you a close technical breakdown to, and the ones with the closest odds, Remain intact, so you can still enjoy uh, Tuesday or Monday Monday's episode uh, in its entirety. Monday's episode, yeah. That was. Uh, let me see. I, I thought we lost one of those. I thought maybe not. I thought Boston Salmon was off the card, but I might be incorrect. It's too hard to keep track of these things now. I I thought someone like may, maybe not. So why did these fights fall through? Do you know why? What what's the well, deal here? Well, so I'm I'm gonna pull up. Hang on. Now I now you you've got me thinking. I don't. I think it was um, Boston Salmon who fell off because. Uh, yeah, he's off. Is he According really to Sure Dog, he's off. Yeah. Who's, sure Dog wouldn't, wouldn't lead he, us wrong. Who's he supposed to fight now? Uh, Lognane is fighting now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me see who. Yeah, Lognane is fighting. Da, 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 da. We're doing all the legwork for you. Ego, who's, yeah, whatever that is. I think it's a person. He's oh, eight I, and four. Ego, who's kick? Yes. Um, you, if Dan doesn't even know who it is, then yeah. Yeah, that name does not ring a bell. Um, so yeah, that one fell apart apparently, but you can still get uh, Palmer, <laughs> Shaman, Marias, which we had yeah. previously talked about. Alejandro Flores versus Rio Jacudo is still intact. Stevie Ray, Anthony Pett is still intact. Um, Wade versus Botchniak, which we kind of talked about, still intact, but. Uh, no, if I, if I had to guess about some of these fights falling through, you know, I'm, I'm just going to you know, wildly speculate here. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is a lot of these guys are coming from other countries. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, it could be travel-y COVID things. It could be travel-y visa things. Uh, but Dennis Goltsoff, who I'm pretty sure is from Estonia, if I'm remembering correctly. No, I'm, don't quote me on that. Dennis Gotsoff, uh, but he's from somewhere in that that port of, part of the world. Um, he, he was supposed to fight. He's one of the guys who got pulled and, and Juan Adams took his spot. Um, you know, Sabavalagi is from Jesus. Now I'm, I'm starting these sentences and realizing I don't have the answer to it. Balagi German. I think he's German. Um, yeah, he's German, but I think from Iranian descent, um, even though he's German, um, hang on. I'm still behind on figuring out where Goldsoff Goldsoff is from Russia. So that's probably a piece of it. Um, Balagi is, I was right, Iranian uh, descent, but uh, wrestled for Germany's national team. Um, let's see, Stuart Austin's British, so I don't think that probably was it, unless, I mean, he failed a, a USADA, or a, not a USADA test, a, a COVID test, rather, the other uh, acronym that can sometimes cost us fights. Um, so it, it could have been a lot of those things, um, but yeah, I, I mean... Your guess is as good as mine on some of them. I'm not even going to bother guessing. You just guessed for about 20 minutes there, so we're good, right? <laughs> yeah. Stupid yeah, we're, PFL. We're good. 
<laughs> Stupid PFL. Let's talk about a real fighting league this um, this week. Let's talk about or this episode. Let's talk about the UFC, which is back again this Friday from the cozy confines of the UFC Apex. And it was Josh on the on the uh, Slack that was asking Dan those questions. I just went to Sh- check. So. Shout, shout out, Josh. Shout out Josh. I don't think he's popped his head out before, but he's popped his head out now. Maybe it, it took uh, it took some PFL us, to us, us messing up some fight cards or, or PFL messing up their own some... fight cards. We didn't do. Yeah, we didn't do. We did nothing wrong. We were uh, totally um, totally innocent in this in this deal. All right, we're gonna break down some UFC. Like I said, um, they got another fight night coming up. I think we'll do it like we did it last week. Uh, that way we can kind of stretch out and take some more time with some of these fights as need be. So we will break down all the prelims here for you uh, on the fight card. And then we next episode, which will probably get to your ear holes on Thursday, we will break down the main card and some props, parlays, recommended plays, all that good stuff. Does this sound good to you, Dan? That's exactly what I was hoping for. All right. So we got six. This is 12, 12 fight cards and so not so not so bad. Um, six prelims, six on the main card. All right. Before we get into the prelim portion of this podcast, a lot of P's there. Let's tell you about win. Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $50. Win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus the ultimate fantasy football experience. Bet $500 or more on sports or casino before July 31st. Get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. The SGPN guys definitely do. It's a game-changer product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-under game. It is super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play the new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money with these picks for Mr. Daniel Vreeland. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I, you're not ready? I, no, I, I'm ready this time. I, I led you guys astray last time and told you to take the uh, over on Darcy Kemper saves because the yeah. lightning were going to come out. Uh, on fire, I believe is what I said. Uh, for, was he not a sieve last night? Well, I, I will say on Monday night or whatever. I, I will say that the uh, the the lightning came out on fire as predicted, and we're gonna hurl like uh, I think I said thirty to thirty five shots on goal, uh, which would help you hit the over. Um, and they did throw ex- exactly that many on goal. I'm pretty sure they they threw thirty four on net. However, six of them went in, which certainly doesn't help uh, the over on the saves and. Uh, he he only got to play half the game because apparently he was not playing that well. Uh, so I'm going to just flip it around. I'm going to take the under on Darcy Kemper saves in game four. Uh, Tampa either keeps it rolling or doesn't shoot enough on net. Uh, that's so far been the, the problem in the series. So I'll take the under on Darcy Kemper saves. 
All right, there you go. Get in on that. Take that hockey gambling podcast so we can talk about hockey here too. So take Dan's play. Go on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms, uh, terms of use for details. Okay. On to the show. What you're here for. Make some money. So we got UFC on ESPN, Zarukian versus Gamrot, a.k.a. UFC on ESPN 38, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 57. Going down, like I said, this weekend from the UFC Apex, Saturday, June 25th. We're going to talk about the prelims here. Lots of money to be made on the prelims. Just as much money to be made on the prelims as the main card. So um, this one is starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, the prelim portion. And it will be on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. So um, let's crack into it. The aforementioned, I love saying aforementioned, like it's some big, like fancy word, like everyone. It makes you feel words. smart. It makes you feel smart. And apparently, but it's it's pretty much, it's a pretty common word. But the aforementioned Vanessa Demopoulos is kicking things off. Um, the little monster is fighting Jin Yu Fry, who does not have a nickname, but it should be like Little Rude 2 or whatever her twitter is right yeah i think she used to go by that back in invicta oh, okay. but she, she just nipped it since then she grew out of it did she yeah she i mean she's not little i mean she no. i mean she's little but she's she, ripped. she ripped yeah <laughs> yes she's ripped yeah how she's not very tall though is she she no and is... she used to make she also used to make adam weight which is yeah she's five foot two so yes and yet she's still taller than the, the little monster the uh the uh aptly named little monster let's tell you about Vanessa Demopolopolopolis, who just may be on a someone's podcast this week. She, Possibly, she will, right? She will, in fact, be on my podcast this week, uh, talking about jumping in Joe Rogan's arms. So make sure you tune into that too. The Top Turtle MMA podcast. Um, does she swear more or less than the Hockey Gambling Podcast boys? Ooh, uh, right up there. I, I would Maybe. say this this time. I think less. Okay. Uh, la- last time I had her on the mm-hmm. Top Turtle MMA podcast, far more. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, um, hopefully she doesn't get the rough edges um, smoothed out. Now she's getting more and more mainstream. But anyhow, let's break down the fight here. We'll go with Demopolis first. She's seven and four with one knockout, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. She's one and one in the UFC. Lost her debut. Won her last fight via submission. Uh, she was all one on the Contender Series. She has won two of her last five overall. She was the LFA champ before this. She's three years younger than Fry. So even though Fry has been around forever, she's not a heck of a lot older than Demopolis. Um, she's more active striker, but her striking differential is negative, minus 1.61. So she's been uh, outstruck by point, uh, 1.61 strikes per minute uh, in her two UFC fights and her uh, contender series fight. She's at plus 225. All right, Fry, Jinyu Fry, 11 and 6, one knockout, two submissions. She's the knockout twice submitted once. She's two and two in the UFC, lost her first two fights, and then basically saved her career uh, by winning her last two. She was the Invicta champ at straw weight, uh, excuse me, Adam weight, down a weight class, 105 pounds. Um, she was missing weight there, or that's, I believe she got stripped of her belt in her last fight in Invicta for missing weight. So maybe well, we keep uh, banging on how they should have an Adam weight class, but maybe Jin uh, Yu Fry is best suited for strawweight at this point, anyhow. So um, she also was the SCS champ, whatever that is. SCS, Dan, does that mean anything to you? SCS. Nope, not off the top of my head. All right, perfect. She's an inch taller than Demopolis, as I said earlier. Six inches of reach, though. So uh, Demopolis has 
um, short arms when, when you look at, at the reach, um, like shorter than uh, on average for someone her height. So, and Fry has extra long arms, apparently. Striking stats are also in her favor. She also has a negative strike differential. She gets outstruck by 1.2 strikes per minute in her UFC career. Uh, grappling stats in her favor, minus 280. Am, am I kicking this one off? Yeah, yeah, or do you want me to kick it off? It doesn't make a difference. I'm picking Fry. There you go. Yeah, uh, all right. So so you, I guess you get to pick kick this one off. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm also going to take Jinyu Fry. Uh, yeah. I, look, I, I think the bottom line here is that, like, what we've seen from Demopolis in the UFC, and even before that, if you, if you want to go back to her time in CFFC too, what we've seen from her is that she's she's kind of an unpolished striker, right? Like she does a thing or two that's good on the feet, but you know, like her, her real bread and butter is her grappling. She's a black belt in jujitsu. That armbar she hit on Silvana Gomez Juarez or Juarez Gomez is uh was really impressive, especially having been stunned. She's got a good ground game, but the problem is here is that she has no means to get it there. Jinyu Fry is an excellent wrestler. I, I think I saw uh, her, her grappling defense is at like 90% or something like that. Um, and, and it's fighting people who are far better at shooting a takedown or getting a trip than uh, than Vanessa Demopoulos, right? It's against Kay Hansen. It's against Ashley Yoder. Yeah. I mean, even Loma Lukbume is like foot sweeps are, are really skilled and stuff like that. So Jinyu Fry just like really skilled there. And I also think Jinyu Fry could take down Demopoulos if she wanted to. And probably stay safe. Like, I, I'm not worried about her getting subbed off of her back by Vanessa Demopoulos. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Fry controls where the fight goes. I think she wins a striking battle if she wants. I'm definitely not taking this one inside the distance, but I, I think Jinyu Fry is the right play here. Yes, Jinyu Fry is the right play. Yeah, I, I say this is, excuse me, has decision written all over it. But, yeah, I think she's probably better than Demopoulos at uh, well she's better than Demopoulos at Demopoulos's strength so um Fry is the pick here all right um what should we move on to let's move over to the men's side bantamweights Brian Kelleher versus Mario Bautista uh let's tell you about boom Kelleher first 24 13 24 and 13 is his record eight knockouts 10 submissions he's been knocked out once submitted seven times Eight and six in the UFC. He's gone three and three over his last six. Lost his last fight via submission, not surprisingly, since that's how he tends to lose. Used to fight at featherweight. He's kind of bounced back and forth recently. Uh, featherweight and bantamweight. This one is at bantamweight. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. As they take a sip. Yes, mantle. Oh, and two in Bellator. 2011 was his pro MMA debut. He gets outstruck by 1.25 strikes per minute. Plus 132 is to come back on him. Bautista, nine and two, three knockouts, three submissions, knocked out once, submitted once in his career. He's three and two in the UFC. However, he's won three of his last four, including his last fight. He also used to fight at featherweight. Three inches of height, three inches of reach on Kelleher, seven years younger. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's one, 1. 1.6 times more active striking. Um, plus 1.29, he outstrikes his opponent per minute. Minus 160 is the comeback on him. We'll let you go first. Uh, I'm going to take Mario Batista here. I, look, I, I really like Brian Kelleher, um, and, and I really like the way that Brian Kelleher strikes. I like the, the guillotine he's got. But the bottom line is Mario Batista, I think, is just a better wrestler. Uh, this this is kind of the same breakdown as the Jinyu Fry fight, right? Like, I, I think Kelleher's got a good guillotine. I don't think Mario Batista is dumb enough to shoot a takedown. Um, I, I think he just keeps this standing and, and he's shown 
just how dangerous he can be on the feet, right? Like we we saw him uh, with that flying knee knockout that he had over. Man, I wish I could remember who that was. Was it Miles John? I think he flying knee knockout Miles John. Yeah. Um, you know, he, I mean, yep. how many times did he hit poor Jay Perrin in that last fight where it looked like Perrin was on death's doorstep and and just like just by the grace of God and him being tough as nails stayed in that fight. He's just a dangerous guy on the feet. And I think he knows that he's not going to have to wrestle uh, Kelleher. And I don't think Kelleher is good enough to, like, lead the dance in that wrestling department either, right? Like, Kelleher probably prefers to box. And if he does get in trouble here, I can see him shooting that takedown. But I don't necessarily see him succeeding. And and this might be a, a trend of things I'm talking about on this week's show is just, like, guys who I think need this fight on the mat and aren't going to be able to get it there. Um, because the, the first two went that way. And I might be talking about another one in a second. Um, because that's kind of how I see it going here. And Batista just, you know, dealing with him on the feet any way he can. Yeah. I was, I was leaning Kelleher. And then after I read all of that, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Batista, um, better striker. He's going to keep the striking and, uh, he, he's got the length, uh, advantage over Kelleher to, to um to keep it uh to actually take advantage of the striking plus he's he's much younger than him so bautista i believe is the smart pick here uh we'll drop down a weight class to flyweight jp bays versus cody durden um this like i said this one is at flyweight uh we will tell you about the young savage first uh actually we'll tell you about durden first um he's 12 4 and 1 Five knockouts, five submissions. He's been submitted three times. He's won two and one in the UFC. Lost his last fight via submission. His one win, he sent someone home to Asia, right? This is the guy I'm thinking of. He he's that guy. Yep. We we yeah. bounced we bounced back from a Tony Kelly week and rolled right into a Cody Durden week. Yep. <laughs> yep. There you go. Durden. All right. Um, used to fight up at Bantamweight. He was a regional champion, two inches taller than the base. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's twice more active landing strikes. Um, despite that, he has a negative striking differential. Uh, he gets outstruck by 0. 0.62 strikes per minute. Grappling stats are also in his favor, minus 105. This one's pretty much a pick 'em. As for Bayes, the young savage, nine and four, three knockouts, five submissions. Been knocked out twice, submitted once. 0 and 2 in the UFC, 1 and 1 on the contender series. Used to fight a bantamweight, five years younger. Gets outstruck by 0. 0.7 strikes per minute, minus 115. Obviously, I have to take the horrible racist uh, in this in this fight. Um, slight, slight underdog. Um, yeah, Bayes hasn't actually shown that he he can hang at this level. Durden has at least uh, in in one fight, and obviously striking, grappling. I think everything uh, seems to be leaning in his favor. So, and he's the uh, actually both these guys are are quite quite the finishers for for flyweight. So I'll take the uh, the horrible racist Cody Durden at minus one hundred five. <laughs> I'm going to differ with you on this one. This will be our, okay. our first difference here. I, I'm right. going to take JP Bays. So first of all, I think a lot of those stats are uh, need to be contextualized because yes, uh, JP Bays uh, does have far worse stats here than Cody Durden, but you have to remember that one of those fights too was on short notice, up a weight class against Montel Jackson. Um, I don't have to remember anything, okay? I mean, you tell I mean, me you, to remember you, things. You, you probably wouldn't, even if I told you to. <laughs> exactly. Um, but Montel Jackson was supposed to fight Bacquerel Dana, and instead, Dana dropped out with, I think, 10 days to go. J.P. Bays stepped in, took a short-notice fight. Um, and, and Montel Jackson is a huge Bantamweight. So wh- while that's clearly messed up J.P. Bays' stats quite a bit, um, 
I, I don't think there's anything to read into that, right? It's like, yes, Cody Durden has the better grappling stats, but he also didn't have to wrestle Montel Jackson. And, you know, not for anything in that fight, too. Montel Jackson shot a bunch of takedowns. He shot uh, five of them, I believe. He scored four of them. So, obviously, the stats look bad. But Bays took down Montel Jackson, too. Like, I, I think I think J.P. Bays is, is wrestling is a little bit underrated. Um I, I think, you know, he, he showed that a little bit in his contender series fight, or at least the second contender series fight. Um, he also has shown both in, again, in contender series and on the regional scene when he was fighting for EFFC um, and a little bit when he was fighting for, I think he fought for LFA for a little bit. He's got really good submission skills. Like he's got a good guillotine. He's got a good rear naked choke. And the thing you'll notice about Cody Durden too is like, yes, he loves to wrestle and he loves to put this on the mat. But also, how did he lose his two UFC fights so far? Uh, he got choked out trying to take the fight to the mat. He tried to take Jimmy Flick down. Uh, and when he did, he got flying triangle joked. Um, he tried to take, uh, who did who just put, oh, Mohamed Mokaev after getting tagged, of course, down. And he gets guillotine choked. So this is a guy who's been put out with with chokes a couple of times. Bays a bunch of submission victories. I think Bayes' submission skills play up here, and I think he ultimately takes this one. Okay, Dan with his first slip up of of the uh, podcast, but that's okay. Look at we look at you going dog. Look at you going dog before I do. Oh, huge dog! A huge dog minus one hundred five dog. That's um, a big. That's a big one for you. It is. It is. Oh, you just wait. You just wait. The uh, podcast is young. Our breakdown of this event is young. All right. Um, I was going to take Callaher, so it would have been even uh, even bigger, but. Then I, I saw the air of my way. So, all right. Um, so somewhere where you will not air is if you head over to Trade Coffee because Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee that they've, they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. This is expert tasting coffee. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade's first match guarantee. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a, you a brand-new bag for free. All you got to do is answer a couple of questions, and you get your own personalized variety of coffee delivered fresh to you as often as you like. No gimmicks. So here's what you do right now. Trade is offering... New subscribers, a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. You can start by taking the quiz at drinktrade.com. So drinktrade.com slash SGP. And let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. And when you're online doing that, make sure you use an IP vanish because did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing a speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like 89 months for free. 
AppyVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it is on. Stop sharing with the world. Everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. So take your privacy back today with the brand read 4.6 out of Vibe on Trustpilot. So well, go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. Boom. All right. Where should we move on to next? Uh, um, let's do some more prelims. Of course, we will go up a weight class now. We went down, now we're going back up. Bad weights. Julian Paiva versus Sergei Morozov. Um, let's tell you about Paiva first. 21 and four, four knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Three and three in the UFC. He's won three of his last four, even though he did get TKO'd in his last fight. He used to fight down at flyweight. He was one and all in the contender series. He was a regional champion. Two inches taller, two inches of reach over Morozov, six years younger. He's one and a half times more active landing strikes, but he gets outstruck by almost a strike per minute. 0.98 is his uh, strike, minus 0.98, excuse me, is his strike differential. Plus 120 is the money coming back to you if you bet on him. Uh, Morozov, 17-5, eight knockouts, three submissions, one knockout. Uh, he's been knocked out once, submitted three times. One and two in the UFC. He's got a loss, a win, a loss. He got subbed his last fight. He was the M1 champ before all of this. He was used to fight upper weight class as well at featherweight. 2008 MMA debut as a professional. Striking stats in his favor. He gets outstruck by 0.18 strikes per minute in the UFC. Minus 145. Uh, I believe this will be Gumby's turn. I'm going to take Morozov here. Um, and, and I know that his... I know that his stay in the UFC has not looked phenomenal, right? Like, the, the loss to Nurmagomedov looked pretty terrible. Um, he, he didn't really look that good against Douglas D'Andrage, although he did knock him down once and take him down once. And, and you know, say what you will about a win over Khalid Taha. Like, it's probably not the, the coolest thing to have on your resume. But, man, dude, I remember watching this dude in M1, and he looked so good like in multifaceted like his his striking looks sharp his takedowns look great and, and the thing about his takedowns in m1 too is that like you can't use the cage because there isn't one it's it's ropes um so this is like it's like a different and i believe a harder takedown game and it looked like he had it all you know he he looked really good doing all of those things so man i i just believe that like version of him is still in there somewhere and in maybe we haven't seen it yet, but you know, I, I'm not high enough on Rowley on Piva to think that that's the type of guy who's who's going to take care of him. Yeah, I'm holding out hope too for Morozov because um, he, he did have quite the resume before he he hit the UFC. So I will be riding with him also at minus 145. Uh, moving up, featherweights, Shailen Nurdembiki versus TJ Brown. Uh, um, let's tell you about. Nerdambiki, who is the Wolverine. He's 37 and 10, 18 knockouts, 10 submissions, been knocked out twice, submitted six times. One and one in the UFC, won his last fight after dropping his debut. Uh, used to fight up at lightweight. He's four years younger than Brown. Minus he's been outstruck by 1.8 strikes per minute in the UFC. So he's got a minus 1.8 strike differential, plus 175. Downtown TJ Brown, 16 and 8, four knockouts, nine submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted three times. He's gone 2-2 two two in the UFC, lost his first two, won his last two. He has missed weight in the past. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He also used to fight up at lightweight. 1-0 as a pro boxer. He's got inch height, 3 inches of reach. 
on Nerd and Beaky. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's 3.5, 3.4 times more active landing strikes. So he's way more active landing strikes. He's got a positive strike differential of uh, he outstrikes his opponent or outlands his opponent, I should say, uh, by 1.05 strikes per minute. He also has a grappling in his favor stat-wise, minus 215. Uh, give me downtown TJ Brown. Uh, um, yeah, everything is is on his side, I think, heading into this fight. Um, so yeah, give me him at minus 215, please, and thank you. I'm going to, this is where I'm going to go for, for my first dog here. Really? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Shaiyuan Nurdebike. Um, he's not a Chinese uh, fighter, or is he not? He he is from China. Yeah. Really? Um, we yep, usually fade those fighters from China, don't we? But here's some good news for you. This is okay. a little, little insider information for you here. Uh, he does not train at the Performance Institute in China anymore. Oh. Uh, no, instead, he trains at. Sanford MMA in Florida. Oh, yeah, so one one of the better places for him to be training. Um, and, and look, I, I for me, part of what what swayed me uh, is I went back and watched his fight with Josh Kulabau. Um, and, and you know, like Josh Kulabau, since that fight, has put together a pretty nice UFC resume, right? Like he, yep. uh, I mean, after losing to Jalen Turner in his debut, he took a split draw to Charles Jordan. Um, which, by the way, those two alone is a hell of a resume to start. He wins a unanimous decision over Nurdebike and then took that decision over Sungwoo Choi uh, a couple weeks ago. So Joshua Kulabau, a really tough opponent to get in your debut for Nurdebike. And I went back and watched that fight. He looks just as good as is Kulabau on the feet. Um, he looks faster. He looks like he could be more powerful. Um he he winds up like slowing down a little bit later in the fight, but like he looked like a top-notch striker there. And that's not even what he does best, right? Like he had Josh Kolobau's back a couple of times in that fight. So for TJ Brown, again, a guy who, you know, and, and I said, this is going to be the theme of the show, who I think needs this fight on the ground to win is going up against the guy who's pretty good on the ground, right? Like it is pretty darn tough on the ground. And, you know, like we've even seen TJ Brown get subbed from like very weird positions. Like he was in top side control or maybe his top half guard and, and got subbed by uh, uh, Jordan Griffin. So yeah, like I, I know that TJ Brown can wrestle. I know we've seen him do some pretty good wrestling, but I just think he's going to have enough, a uh, hard enough time closing the distance here. And uh, Nerdan BK can wrestle in his own right. So I, I like the plus money here on, uh, on get this. I'm taking a fighter from China. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's not that we're against China. We're against fighters who tra- train at the Chinese uh, Performance Center, correct? Um, that's true of us, of Superfan Zhang. You would have to ask him specifically. <laughs> so you, can get, you can get in the SGPN Slack and ask Zhang if he hates all fighters from, from China or not. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's for him to say, not for us. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Very true. All right. One more fight to do on this prelims. We've actually we split what um this could be it if, if we split on this one down then we'll be uh, half of the fights will uh will be on separate sides so let's see what happens here uh as my voice cracks light heavyweights are the main event of the prelims Carlos Ulberg versus Tefan Inchukwi we'll do Inchukwi first the Cameroon Express he's six and two with four knockouts been knocked out once himself he's two and two in the UFC he's on win loss win loss he lost his last fight via knockout. Used to fight down at middleweight. Used to fight up at heavyweight. 1-0 in the contender series. He's four years younger than Allberg. 
He outstrikes his, his opponents in the UFC by 2.25 strikes per minute. He's up even money, plus 100. Uh, Allberg, Black Jag, 4-1 and one with two knockouts. He's been knocked out once. He's 1-1 in the UFC, won his last fight. 1-0 in the contender series. He also used to fight a heavyweight. Pro MMA debut in 2011. He's 19-2 as a pro kickboxer and a champion in that sport. He's got four inches height on in Chukwi. He's 1.4 times more active landing strikes in the UFC. He's got a uh, strike differential of plus 4.74 strikes per minute uh, in the UFC. He also has grappling stats in his favor here. Minus 120. Go ahead. Is it my turn? Oh, yeah. Uh, you, took, so. you took TJ Brown first. Yeah, I did. Downtown. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to go with Allberg here. Um, the the length is a big factor of this, too. And also, I, I would just say, you know, I've sort of come to sour on the power of Tefan Chukwi. Um, because while, like, Yeah, like, when he showed up in the UFC, like, that was his thing, right? Like, he was a big powerhouse. But the more and more I've watched him, like, it's just not true, like, three minutes into the fight. I, I feel like if you survive that first three minutes with Tafon Chukwi, you're safe. Um, and I don't think Tafon Chukwi has got, like, the gas to go with Carl Olberg for the whole time, right? Like, Olberg seems to be able to put together a, a full and complete performance. Um, we saw him do it with Fabio Charant. Um, you know, obviously he slipped up against Kennedy Zachuku, but I, I don't think that that's uh, something to write him off about. And then he looked good against Bruno Oliveira on, on the Contender Series. So... Uh, I, I think he can sort of put together the full fight, whereas I think Chukwe is dangerous for like a minute and then not anymore. So I, I think I like Allbergen in this one. I, I will say this this one gave me a, probably more trouble than any of the other fights on this card, though. Yeah, this was a, a yeah, I, I kind of went back and forth, but I, I'm going Allberg also on this one. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be the better striker in what will be a striking battle. So um, let me give me Allberg. It could be. Uh, a slugfest so we shall see so that is the prelims which fight are you most looking forward to on this on these prelims dan on the prelims man i i mean i do like the nerdam vk tj brown fight i think that that one's kind of interesting but i'll also say like in terms of like pure entertainment the one will be entertained by the most i think is probably batista and, and brian keller yep that should be a fun one so um that is the prelim portion we will be back next the next day, probably, uh, depending on when you're listening, uh, listening to this, we'll be back on Thursday where we will break down the rest of the card and give you our patented recommended plays, which have been in the toilet the past little while. But we're we're going to bring it back this week, though, obviously. Um, what else will we bring? We're bringing some props. Dan, I'll, Dan, I'll bring you a uh, super fan, Jong, uh, parlay. That'll get you a ton of money if it ever hits. It's hit once so far. All, all we do is need it to hit one more time and then we're in the money for the year. So, um we will have all of that in episode 158, I guess that'll be. Yeah, this is 157. So, um, like I said, that will be in your ears on Thursday. Anything else you need to say here, Mr. Vreeland, before we bid our fans farewell? No, I think you got it. I did get it. Thank goodness. Now, do you want to take us home or do you want me to take us home this time? Sure, I, I can take them home. Actually, I'm first. Yeah. Nope, sorry. I should I should, I should, should have done this before. <laughs> Twitter. We have to tell them our, tw- our tweets, our handles. The the um, show handle SGPN MMA. Dan does a fantastic job over there, so get in on that. And then our personal ones are Jeff Fox writer. He is Gumby Vreeland. Okay, go ahead now. Now now I can take it home. Yeah, I'll shut up. <laughs> I'm David Gumby Vreeland. He's 
Little Monster Jeff Fox, and we will catch you tomorrow. <laughs>